drawing angle tonight, right on the other side of the camera. <laughs> Don't expect it to be perfect. Good. Let's just switch this on. Well, welcome again everyone who's here in person, and welcome again everyone who is watching, or welcome now, everyone who's watching online. Uh, it's good to, to be here, and it's good to have you with us online as well. And um, tonight I'm really excited about starting our new series on We Are Team. Uh, before I do, I just want to say a big thank you. Uh, maybe you're here tonight, and maybe you're watching on, uh, live online. A big thank you to everyone that was involved in making our Sunday morning in-person stage one gathering happen uh, this morning. So um, we had an amazing team uh, turn up at the school this morning to set up, to run Kids Church, to host people, uh, and um, I'm just really grateful, just feel really grateful today uh, for the church that we are and for all that God's doing in and through Family Church. We had uh, just over, I think it was 50 children there this morning, which is wonderful. And uh, we had probably a similar number, probably more um, adults, uh, parents that stayed and people that served as well. So just big, big thank you to everybody. Uh, so the plan is that we continue to run online Sunday morning services. Uh, that will be broadcast at the school for those that bring their kids and want to stay. Some bring their kids and want to go and then come back later. And, um, and then the kids will have their thing every Sunday. That's the kids and the younger youth. And then we're going to carry on doing Sunday Night Local as we are at the moment. And as things begin to open up, then we can really make the most of this opportunity to just be in God's presence and worship Him on a Sunday evening as well. Is anyone too hot? Okay, it's just me. Uh, right, I just want to uh, just take this shirt thing off that I've got on one sec. Oh, it's good. I might just leave it on actually because it's got the microphone attached to it. <laughs> so let's just leave it as it is, shall we? I'll just, uh, I'll sweat through. Okay, no, I was rushing to turn the heater off because <laughs> you're all freaking going on here. <laughs> this morning, the hall where, where the parents stayed for um, for kids, for when they brought their kids to church, it was like it was like a fridge. It was colder than outside the whole time this morning, and we sat there and everyone was like shivering. It was absolutely freezing. Uh, so we're going to try and do something about that next Sunday. Right. So next four weeks look like this. So tonight I'm going to be speaking about uh, part one of this series. We are team. I'm going to be speaking about the fact that we are a body. Next week, Pastor Andy is going to share on the subject of We Are Family. Remind you of a song? I expect that one will come out next week. Uh, the, the, the week after, I'll be speaking again about the greatest cause. And then the week after that, the 9th of May, Sean will be speaking on the subject of building our team. And then on the 16th of May, we're actually not going to have an in-person gathering that Sunday night local. That's just going to be online the 16th of May. And um, that Sunday evening, we're going to be talking about this to the whole church over the next few weeks, that Sunday evening is going to be called Gather and Build. Uh, gathering family and building teams. Some of you might have seen Steve Carey's video 
on Friday that went out. So we've made the decision that wherever government guidelines have got to come the end of June, we're going to um, move forward with a full regathering. That might look slightly different in each of our congregations because it depends partly on what venues allow us to do. But assuming the school allows us to come back in full force from the 27th of June, that's what we'll do. Um, there may still be some restrictions that we have to follow, but um, the heart is just let's get on with, with being God's people together. And uh, I can't wait to be in a, an environment where we just get to worship and praise and just even like hug each other. Can't wait to like hug people. You, I'm going to be like so huggy come the end of, of lockdown. So watch out. <laughs> Watch out. So that's the 16th of May. That's called Gather and Build, and that will just be online. And so we're going to talk about, on that evening, we're going to talk about some of the opportunities that we will have as a church to serve, to join teams. Um, we're going to ask people to complete an online form to say where they feel they can serve on a Sunday, because that's the main aim of that thing, is to talk about our Sunday gathering. Um, right. So that's that. So let's, let's launch um, this evening's... Um, teaching and, and let's just pray actually before I do. Father I thank you that um, when you look at us Lord you see individuals and you see one body and I thank you Lord that as individuals we we have been called by you and set apart by you and we have a purpose and as a body Lord we've been called by you and set apart and we have a purpose. Lord, thank you that we're a body locally, a body of believers locally. We're also a body of believers on a global level. And we thank you that we are part of the most magnificent organisation on earth. We are part of something that you created and that you are working through to reach this world. And so we, we just want to submit to all that you want to do in our lives as the body of Christ. Amen. So we're talking, how did I end up over there? We're talking about the body of Christ tonight. We are a body. Now the church is referred to as the body of Christ in several books of the New Testament. And um, tonight I just want to look at three aspects of being the body of Christ that I think are really, really important. So the first aspect that I want to look at is that we should be submitted to the head. Being submitted to the head, number one. So when you look at the human body, you see that there are many parts to the body, and every part of the body is directed by the head. Um, I mean, that's not rocket science, it's just science, it's, it's biology, it's how it works. The head, the brain, uh, it gives direction and instruction to every part of the body. And in the same way, we understand that there are many parts to the body of Christ. In other words, there are many believers who make up the body of Christ. And our direction or our instruction comes from Jesus, who is the head of the body. So the very first thing to understand and underline is that Jesus is the head of the body, the head of the church. It says in Colossians 1.18, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. He is the head of the body, the church. So you see the two words there, they're used together, the body, the church, who is the beginning. He, he started stuff. He created, it was, the church was Jesus' idea. Um, 
and he has gone ahead of us as, as the firstborn from the dead. In other words, you know, we can expect the same resurrection that Jesus experienced when Jesus returns. Awesome. So, um, Jesus is the head of the body. The church represents Jesus and his kingdom to the world. So this world out here, this world all around us every day, we are part of God's plan to bring his kingdom to the world around us. We represent Jesus and his kingdom to the world. To represent him effectively, we've got to be truly submitted to Jesus, following his directions and his instructions. If you're not doing what the head is instructing you to do, then you're not going to be effective in representing him to the world. Everyone got that? Okay. Online? Excellent. So, for this to happen, for us to be effective in representing Jesus, then every individual part, every believer, must be in submission to the head. And I just want to hang around that thought for a minute tonight. But I just need some water, because my voice is a bit dry. I think I must have done too much talking today. Good. That's better. So, I want to ask you a couple of questions tonight. First of all, are you submitted to Jesus? Are you committed to being obedient to Jesus' teaching? Fergie. <laughs> John Tolbert. Are you submitted to Jesus, Ray? Only you can answer that in your hearts. Who <laughs> actually I pick on everyone? <laughs> uh, let's just read Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. It says this. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, in other translations it says obey, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Or Amen. When my daughter prays, Lola, when she prays, every time she prays at dinner time, she says, thank you God for my family, for my food. It doesn't matter if we say Amen or Amen. It doesn't matter. Amen. <laughs> and she says that literally every time. Because at some point, um, we had a conversation about, some people say Amen and some people say Amen. And now she includes that in every single prayer that she prays. Which is very cute. Starting to get a bit wearing actually, but started off as cute anyway. <laughs> so anyway, um, so Matthew 28, Jesus says um, that we should be uh, making disciples, teaching people to observe all the things that he's commanded us. Now when Jesus spoke for the three, three and a half years that he um, uh, spoke to, that he ministered and drew disciples, he taught on the kingdom of God. Jesus taught in the kingdom of God. So when Jesus talks about us obeying his words or observing all that he taught, he's talking about his teachings on the kingdom of God. And um, this is probably the most important thing that I'm going to say tonight. Because any part of the body of Christ, any member of the body, us, you and I, that isn't in submission to the head, Jesus, is probably not as useful as it should be. And it's the same way with the human body, isn't it? If you've got a part of your body that isn't working properly, then... Your, that part of your body isn't as useful to you as it should be. And what Jesus wants is for every member of his body to be functioning 
as he designed us to. And the way that we do that is to be completely submitted to Jesus. Now, I think we're all on a journey of submission to Jesus. I think every day we have opportunities to submit or to do things our own way. And, um, and, and the idea is, is that we're progressively in greater submission to Jesus. And I think to have the heart to say, Jesus, I probably am not getting it all right yet, but I want to. I want to be a disciple who is observing everything that you taught and living your way. I, th I think that's a heart that God can work with. Um, and, and that's where it starts, is making that commitment. And, and not beating ourselves up every time we don't quite manage to do that. Um, but actually say, okay, God, I've just proved that in my own strength, I can't do it. So God, help me come by your spirit and empower me to live as you want me to live and to observe your teachings, Jesus. And that is the key to us uh, glorifying God through our lives, doing things God's way, is saying, God, I can't do it. I want you to help me. All right? Good. So, you can be the most amazing part of the body. Let, let's say you're the, the heart, and you're this incredible heart that God has placed in his church. Um, but if the heart isn't directed or instructed by the head, then it is useless. It's not going to do what it's meant to do. So, you know, I think there's some incredibly, incredible people around, um, but the only way that you can be effective for Jesus is to be submitted to him. Um, our submission to Jesus, who is the head, gives him permission to work in and flow through our lives. Our submission to Jesus gives him permission to work in and to flow through our lives. And it says in James chapter 4, verses 6 to 10, but he gives more, what? Oh, yeah, you can say it, can't you? He gives more grace. grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud but gives grace. grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So, I mean, that's a tag on at the end, really, because if, we're, if our lives are submitted to God, then we are going to be resisting the devil. He's not going to be able to touch us. Um, so, the, the most important thing here is this, this thing about being humble and the fact that God pours his grace upon those who are humble and, um, and I believe humility is manifest in submission to God. When you're uh, humble before God, you will be submitted to God and he will pour his grace upon your life. So God's grace flows when we're humble and submitted to Jesus. Now, one of the clearest pictures of the church as a body is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And it's part of the Apostle Paul's teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, now, remember, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are a manifestation of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of grace that he has given us to teach us, to coach us, to empower us. Um, the word gift, it simply, it means, um, it's the word charis charisma. And it comes from um, the, the word charis. Charis is grace. Charisma is grace manifested or grace revealed, grace given to do what God's asked us to do. So our submission to Jesus makes way for God's grace to flow through our lives. And for God to use us as part of his body representing him in the world today. Interestingly, we're not just called to be submitted to God, 
We're called to be uh, to live in humility and to be submitted to the spiritual leaders that God places in our lives. And we're called to be submitted to one another as well. And there's this passage in 1 Peter 5, verses 5 to 7. And it says this from the New Living Translation. It says, Likewise, you younger people, so Miguel, I'm talking to you when I say this, you younger people, submit your, this is birthday today. Yeah, it's 41. Something like that. So, happy birthday, Miguel. We love you. And we're excited about all that God's going to do through your life. And I love the fact that you are a dreamer. You're, you're someone who has great goals, great dreams. And I believe that God is going to bring those dreams to pass in your life again. So it says in 1 Peter 5, verses 5 to 7, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And I, and I always um, see these verses like this. When we, are, uh, when we have pride, God's hand is like that towards us. It, it's resisting us. Um, but when uh, we have humility, God's hand is, is lifting us up. It's embracing us. It's, um, yeah, God, God's able to, to do great things in our lives when there's humility there. So um, this makes a lot of sense when you think about the church as, as a body. Every local body of believers, the church, locally, um, has a leadership that um, Jesus has placed there to represent him as the head. And if we're going to be effective as members of the local body of believers, then we need to be humble and submitted to those whom God has placed over us. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because I'm in that position as a pastor, um, one who's been called by God to shepherd. Um, I'm saying that because I know it to be true. In my life, um, there are people, including Pastor Andy, who are in spiritual um, leadership over my life. And it's really important that I have a humble heart and I allow um, those voices to speak into my life, um, just as I allow Jesus to speak into my life. If I can't respond to those voices well, then I probably can't respond to what Jesus has asked for me to do well either. But not only that, as members of the body of Christ, we've also been placed alongside each other. And to work alongside others always requires an element of humility and submission in our lives. So we're going to come back to that in a minute. So that was the first point. The other two are slightly shorter. So the first, the first thing about being part of the body of Christ is, is that we are submitted to them. Is everyone still cold? Is anyone hot? All right, so no one wants to come in here drop yet? Oh, thanks, Ray. Oh, well. It's a thermostat, just turn it down. <laughs> Thank you. Just a little bit, just turn it down a little bit. That's it, that's the one, it just clicked off, perfect. Thank you. Right, so secondly, um, the second thing I want to talk about is knowing your function. So you're going to be submitted to the head and you're going to know your function as part of the body of Christ. 
Um, every part of the body has a specific function, and it's important that we know our function so that we can contribute to the effective working of the body. So let's read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, we're going to read a few verses here, verses 12 to 27. So don't forget, this passage follows on from the Paul's teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it says, the human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the, whole, with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews. Any Jews here? Some of us are Gentiles. There's lots of Gentiles here. Some of us are slaves. Some of us are free. But we have all been baptised into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. And actually now we're all saints, aren't we, together? Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that make it any less part of the body? And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually most necessary. And the parts we regard less honourable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So, we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honourable parts do not require this special care. So, God has put the whole body together such that the extra honour and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honoured, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you are a part of it. Sorry, a bit thirsty tonight. Okay, so... So the Apostle Paul was teaching here on the fact that there is one body and many parts. Um, there's a couple of things that I want to emphasise from that passage. The way that Jesus works is that he has given each one of us different functions in his body, different responsibilities in his kingdom. And this is clear from the verses that we read in verses 14 to 17 of that passage where it talks about, you know, um, you've got lots of different parts just because one part isn't the same as the other part, it doesn't mean they're not part of the body, okay? So the functions or the responsibilities that God's given us have been given to us according to the ability that we have, which is very interesting, um, because it means that, that everyone is going to have different functions, because everyone has different skills, different talents, different abilities, and that's okay, which is why we should never compare ourselves to other people. Don't ever compare yourself to someone else because God made you unique and you have a unique function and just because you're not doing what they're doing, it doesn't mean that you don't count. In fact, if you're doing what God's asked you to do, then you're doing the right thing. Jesus isn't looking for the most clever or the most skilled or the most talented. He's looking for people who will be 
faithful with the responsibilities or the functions that he's given them in his kingdom. I just want to read quickly from Matthew 25. This is literally one of my favourite parables. Verses 14 to 21. Jesus is teaching. He says, For the kingdom of heaven is, a man, is like a man travelling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And Jesus, of course, is referring to himself, how he left his disciples as servants of his kingdom on the earth when he went, and that he is coming back. And to the one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. Now talents was simply, um, it represents responsibility, it was a form of money, um, but it represented the responsibility that these servants were given. So one was given five, the other two, another one. Each according to his own ability. Okay, so there we see it. Uh, what God's given us, um, you, you, might, you might not think you, you've got as, as great as that person over there, but it doesn't matter. What God's given you is what he wants to give you. Okay, and, um, and I, I, I just, we must, all, we must move away from, from this comparison thing where, where you look at other people and think, I want what they've got, because you don't, you want what God's given you. Okay, so where am I? And immediately he went on a journey. So he who had received the five talents and traded with them made another five talents. Well done. And likewise, he who had received two gave two more also. Very good. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. That's not so good. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look. I've gained five more talents besides those. And his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. In other words, come and join my party. And uh, then the same thing went for the one who had the two talents and the one that hid his Lord's money in the ground. Basically, did nothing of what he was given. Um, he wasn't allowed into the party. So... Um, I think the key there for me is this, that when, when we use what God has given us well, we'll be given more. And, um, you know, if, if you're asking for more responsibility in God's kingdom, first of all, be careful what you ask for, but secondly, um, just be faithful in what you've been given now. Um, I, see, I think doing our function in the body of Christ isn't so much about what it's about how faithful you are because when you're faithful god will open doors and he will take you into what he wants to give you um so so that's how it works so don't keep looking for what's next i reckon we should live life like this be faithful with what's now and god will look after what's next it it, it works <laughs> Be faithful with what's now, and God will look after what's next. And Luke 16, verses 10 to 12 says this, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous manner, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? So there's some real gems in that, isn't there? But, you know, I think... 
the, the, the least that is being referred to here. He was, he, he was faithful in what's least. The least things, that perhaps the natural things, the, the natural responsibilities that we have. And it says, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. Perhaps the much is God's kingdom responsibilities. And if we can be faithful with the details of life, with the small things in life, then I believe God will give us great kingdom responsibilities. And the third and final thing that I just want to talk about when it comes to being part of the body of Christ is working alongside others. So first of all, we spoke about being submitted to the head. Secondly, we just spoke about knowing your function. And the third thing about being part of the body of Christ is working alongside others. The main emphasis of the passage from 1 Corinthians 12 that we read seems to be that the body of Christ is made up of many different and unique parts that God has placed exactly where he wants them. So we've got to learn to work alongside others in order to be a truly effective body. Verse 13, um, I'm just going to read it to you one more time. It says, verse 13 in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, some are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but all have been baptised into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. You know, we're all very different people from different backgrounds and different earthly nations, different cultures, yet we're all called by God to function as one body. There is no place for racism in the body of Christ. The body of Christ has been designed by God to be diverse, and it's that diversity that, that makes the body of Christ so beautiful, isn't it, and so effective in this world. <clears throat> so rather than coming from a place of, I don't like who God put me next to, uh, perhaps it's better to come from a place of, God placed us together in his body, and he knows what he's doing, so let's learn to work together, let's learn from each other, uh, let's be strong together for Jesus. And in fact, it's clear from 1 Corinthians 12 that God doesn't just want us to work together. He actually wants us to bring out the best in one another. Um, and I love seeing that in the setting of church. I love seeing people coming alongside other people, whether it's mentoring or Bible study um, or, or practical things. I just love seeing God's people not just working together effectively, but bringing out the best in one another. Um, Look at the heart and the lungs. You know, they, they look um, completely different and they have totally unique functions, but they couldn't, they're useless without each other. You know, if, if the, the heart, which is designed to pump the blood around the body, um, if the blood wasn't oxygenated by the lungs, then the, the heart would be useless. And if the lungs, if um, they, they can, they can um, get all the oxygen, into the blood that they like, but if the heart isn't pumping that blood around the body, then the lungs are useless as well. And, and, and so they not only, they're completely different, they have unique functions, yet um, one doesn't function without the other. And, and I believe that is called being um, interdependent. You know, um, we're not independent, we're not dependent completely on one another, but we're interdependent. We, we have to, we're, we're, we're individual, yet we're one body as well. And it's true 
that teamwork makes the dream work. Um, when we work together, we can achieve so much more than when we uh, work alone. And it's the principle of synergy, isn't it? How, how can one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight unless their rock had sold them and the Lord had surrendered them? You know, synergy is a, a godly principle. It's something that God um, put in place and and that's why we've got to learn to work with other people because actually we're so much more effective when we're working with others. A couple more things tonight and then we're going to close. So we're to value every member of the body of Christ, recognising that what the world may consider weakest or least important, God places very high value on. I want you to know tonight that you are highly valued. I'm not saying that because I think the world thinks you're weak or, or least. Um, you know, we are all very individual and very unique people. But the one thing I know for sure is that God places very high value on every single one of us. And from the, the Passion Translation, thank you, Yang, for getting this on the screen tonight. 1 Corinthians 1, 26-29 says this. Brothers and sisters, consider it, sorry, consider you, no, Consider who you were when God called you unto salvation. I'm going to put that in there as well. I'm going to start that one again. Brothers and sisters, consider who you were when God called you to salvation. Not many of you were wise scholars by human standards, nor were many of you in positions of power. Not many of you were considered the elite when you answered God's call. But... God chose those whom the world, the world considers foolish to shame those who think they are wise. And God chose the puny and powerless to shame the high and mighty. He chose the lowly, the laughable in the world's eyes, nobodies, so that he would shame the somebodies. But he chose what is regarded as insignificant in order to supersede what is regarded as prominent so that there would be no place for prideful boasting in God's presence. It's great. I love, I love the way that's worded there in that, in that translation. So this just brings us all the way back, of course, to humility and submission. Not just to Jesus, but to one another. If we're going to work well together, then we've got to be humble. And we've got to be humble enough to celebrate when Jesus says to someone else, well, I'm going to the faithful servant, I'm going to promote you in my kingdom now. Um, I'm going to give you greater responsibilities, both in this life and in the life to come. Let's cheer one another on when that happens. And let's remember that the, the race that we're running, um, we're not running against each other, we're running together. We're, we're there to support one another, to cheer one another on. Um, and there is this great cloud of witnesses that's spoken about in Hebrews 12, of those that have um, God before us, those people of faith that have shown the way, who have um, got to the end of their journey, who are now cheering us on, saying, come on, run faster. And the way that we can run best uh, as the body of Christ is running together and not in competition with one another. And according to Psalm 133, God's life-giving spirit is poured out when there is unity. In fact, God commands a blessing upon unity. 
which is that we've spoken about this recently. Nacho shared a fantastic word about um, being a united people uh, before Christmas, I think, or maybe after Christmas. But anyway, our ability to be humble, to be unified, to be submitted to one another, um, I think it, it comes from just a, a change of heart that comes by the Spirit of God. You know, the Bible says that um, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. It's been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And so it all comes back, I mean it always does, it all comes back to the new commandment that Jesus gave. And he said in John 13 verses 34 to 35, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. You know, this, this new commandment that Jesus gave, Jesus knew what he was talking about because this is the very root, the very foundation of us being able to walk humbly together, to walk in unity with one another, to be submitted to Jesus. It's about our hearts being changed when we are born again by the Spirit of God. Our hearts being filled with the love of God and filled with a desire to not just love God, but to one another. And everything that we do, and our ability to work together, comes from loving one another. Every other commandment that God gave in the law is summed up in that new commandment, love one another. Because when you love one another, you don't want to murder them, or cover their possessions, or blaspheme. You just want to love people. And, and so let's make sure that our hearts are, are just continually filled with the love of God. Wonderful. So I'm going to finish there tonight. Thank you for being part of this in person. Thank you for watching online. Let's be a people who are submitted to the head. Let's be a people who know our function. And let's be a people who work well together. Who know to work together. So, Father, thank you. Uh, for this opportunity. Thank you that this is uh, part one of, of a, um, a series that I'm really excited about, Lord, that you're going to speak through um, each person who shares your word to cause us as a church, as a body of believers, to really gain momentum and accelerate towards the things that you have placed before us at this time. So we commit our hearts to doing that. Jesus, once again, we say, Jesus, we submit to you. We're yours. We bow down before you and say, have your way in our lives. Amen.